0: Hello. Nine no no. Five. Ugh, dang it. I thought I could sneak one in. <laughs> Kelly and I were like, what song should we joke intro to? And I said nine to five and Lillian shot me down hard. I love that song. You used to be my karaoke song, but now it has a negative connotation for me because it was in that dumplin movie, which I didn't watch, but I feel like I wouldn't like.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that you would. It's <laughs> like <laughs> a teen inspirational coming of age about like a fat girl in a pageant yeah
0: it's like missing all my marks not
1: really your scene
0: (laughs) body positivity no (laughs) thank you Um, mm. But I do love that song. And then Kelly was like, let's just sing Moby. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, we everyone knows the fi- the famous Moby tune you can sing along to. I know.
1: I don't know a single. That's what has this whole week has been for me is being like, what is a Moby
0: song? I, I tweeted a couple months ago because I was thinking about um, my mom's uh, third divorce and how Uh, I was like, I would like to retroactively apologize to my mom who was going through her third divorce while I was getting into Moby, which Mm. is like dark for, for both of us. Yeah. A dark time. And then I wanted to constantly play Moby in the car. And she's like, I don't need to listen to this right now. She's like, I'm trying to listen to Melissa. I need Bonnie Raitt. I need fucking, you know? Yeah. So. Come to my window. Um, ugh, good times. Good times. Yeah, you got to pick your divorce albums really carefully because you can't ever listen to them again.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So tough. Tough.
1: It is tough. It's really tough.
0: Yeah, I try to listen to really bad music when I'm going through a breakup, so I won't. It won't be ruined for me.
1: I listen to a lot of Cat Power because that's
0: like (sighs) yeah, you have to
1: sad and also
0: like not something that I'm ever like yeah, I'll just put on some freaking Cat Power. I love Beach House. But it also makes me sad, but it's like a good good. sad. Yeah, that's good sad. I always listen to Beach House when I'm like going through it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is Music Corner (laughs) on FOH, a service industry podcast. I'm Lillian Devane. (laughs) I'm Kelly Sullivan. And uh, we talk all things restaurante.
1: Restaurante.
0: Al dente. Al dente. Um, It's also uh learning Italian. Yeah. So, just repeat Prego. after us. <laughs> Mama mia. Mama mia. Um Kelly, do you have any service stories to start us off? With? Yes. This is a
1: it's not really like something that happened in service, more like a pre pre-shift, which is that I was coming in to close on Saturday night, so where I work like they'll wrap up family meal for the closer and then you eat it when you get in or at the end of your shift, whatever. And then my friend who was bartending (laughs) texted me and was like, Hey, heads up. (laughs) (laughs) Family meal was hot dogs. And the GM gave us a five minute lecture on the history of hot dogs. (laughs) You have two hot dogs wrapped up for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. It's like, it's sort of just like what you're like scrambling, like newly separated dad who doesn't know how to talk to his kids. Would yeah. Be like, so, um, I don't know if you guys know about the history of hot dogs, you know, while yeah. you're eating. So you don't eat in silence.
1: Yeah. It's very like, okay. So like, how did he know? Did he look it up? I truly wish I had been there. <laughs> Like, I I must know more. Behind the scenes of... I need of the...
0: I need pre-meal. Yes.
1: I need, like, documentary footage of David, <laughs> like... <laughs> of this person.
0: <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> like, on his phone Googling hot dogs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: I wish we had studio technology to bleep, but, I know. um, we don't. And you know what? Not, I'm going to keep it in because yeah. whatever, whatever
1: I want, like what I'm envisioning is like homecoming, like where intersplice the performance yes. with the, the rehearsal uh-huh. and the background and, and kind of like Beyonce speaking. I would like that of our GM this, the five minutes of history interspliced with his, his research yes. process <laughs> reflections on hot dogs. <laughs> and it's called
0: reflections. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I worry sometimes, you know, the, the teachable moments, you know, yeah. like if I were a parent, I would just get roasted constantly for shit like that. You know? Oh yeah. You can't be a parent. Um, that's hilarious work is always a little bit dumb no matter what you try to do um i this has been my first like official week in my job and oh thank you yeah it's uh it's funny to be like i keep forgetting that i i'm like kind of a manager yeah so I have to be a little bit more like polished than I am used to, which is like totally fine. And I'm not having that much trouble with it, but I did make some jokes where I was like, no, I probably, you know, just like, I can't (laughs) really racist (laughs) stuff that they were like, Hey, normally would be hilarious. But like (laughs) for me now in my position, no, I was like, I, somebody said something and I was like, you know what? It was, things were a lot easier before all this me too stuff. And then I was like, I can't say that. These people don't know me. They don't know. Um, But, anyways, I have, I was just kind of talking to Kelly before we started recording about how when you start a new job anywhere, um, but I think that it's just so awkward. And then in a restaurant job, so much of it is based on your personality, and you have to do this really careful dance of like showing yourself, but not being too showy and not being too intimate. It's just, it's really tough to strike the right balance. And I've just, been saying the dumbest stuff which I I just haven't done in so long because I've been so settled for so long. So now I'm just like <laughs> like one of the owners was like, "Hey, can I just have like, you know, a tonic and ginger syrup?" And I was like, "Totally just like in a glass." And he was like, "Yeah, I'd like my drink." in a glass. I was like, (laughs) Uh no, that does make sense. Now that I, now that I'm hearing you say it like that, like a duh, you know, I'm just like, wanted to fucking hit myself in the face with a hammer. And then, and then this other, and then just like talking to guests about a menu, I'm like learning the menu. And I was like, Creme brulee, really delicious. You know, it's sort of like an activities-based dessert. And Mm. they were like, "Uh, yeah, that sounds... cracking that. So it's sort of like an interactive experience, this dessert. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. I'm like, what am I talking about? Like, so just sort of just words are coming out of my mouth and I'm just like, feel like an idiot, but that's how it goes. That's how it goes when you start. You have to feel like an idiot for like an entire month at least. At least. I do like framing creme brulee that way. That's literally
1: <laughs> because it's a pretty basic, like kind of somewhat plain dessert. I like that sort of pivot. To... I feel like
0: people want to feel engaged with their environment these days. You they know, want a Montessori-esque yes. experience. The, the pouring water of desserts is how I'm going to say mm, it. Yes. Yeah. Um So anyways, it's just been a kind of, everyone's been very, very nice and it's, been completely pleasant if it's just a little stressful but I am constantly like idiot you know You're after stupid. I say everything or do something you know I mean I still do that and I've worked at my job <laughs> for like two years yeah but the feeling of embarrassment is so foreign to me do you know what I mean totally like I'm no, a grown woman and I don't often get embarrassed and so like now I'm like fuck you know yeah sometimes it's just like
1: I think that is actually when I feel most embarrassed because I also don't really feel like, I'm like, what, why would I be embarrassed? Yeah. It's
0: like, I'm never, yeah. That's like a teen feeling. Exactly.
1: But sometimes it'll be like, like words will come out of you. Just yeah, exactly there's... that. Like <laughs> wrong. And you're like, who was that? <laughs> it's,
0: so bad. it's literally so embarrassing. Um, especially cause like, You don't want people to be like, especially like the owners are like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. I hired an idiot. Yeah. Great. You know? And I'm like, no, I am a genius. And you're
1: like, I went to college.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm wearing a little neck scarf. Aren't I? (laughs) Aren't I smart to you? Anyways. Um, it's all a struggle. Yeah. But it's going to go good. Thank you. You're going to get your feet under you uh yeah no it'll be fine i mean at the end of the day as i always say it's just a restaurant
1: it's just a restaurant and also you're very good at your job thank you so it's like you you get the sea legs and that then you'll be fine yeah
0: it's just putting liquids in a glass you know and putting them in front the pouring water it's the pouring water of jobs that aren't being a montessori teacher yes (laughs) fabulous fabulous you know here's my philosophy on bartending everyone's like she is an idiot she's an idiot everybody what the fuck is she talking about (laughs) and you can quote me on that i would love for you to like come to the
1: next meeting being like so here's my here's my philosophy they're like can you just make a cocktail (laughs)
0: backwards in a chair like ba- <laughs> barefoot
1: you're like we read
0: poetry to feel human
1: <laughs> whatever
0: i make them all get on their desks and you're like all oh, la-
1: Captain. <laughs> yeah exactly you try to start that everyone's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a kook what a kook um fun though a lot of a lot of fun a lot of, fun. A lot a lot of, of fun, fun being the fucking village idiot at your job yeah
1: i mean you know what
0: no, okay okay
1: i was gonna make a joke but it it was not <clears throat> good i'll tell you later if, mm-hmm. if it's racist i'm
0: guarantee you i'll laugh you know no I it's not racist i was
1: gonna make a joke about um you being the kid who kills himself in the poet society and me being the dad <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not who funny that's son- <laughs> this, the gay son who plays Puck <laughs> in A Midsummer Night Dream I was in that play so yes. you're not yeah. you're getting the right vibe mm-hmm. the crown that he that movie is really sad it's so sad the dad is isn't it red from <laughs> it is, it is. that seventy <laughs> <Yeah>. show
1: anyways <sighs> beautiful um, movie beautiful it is a beautiful film.
0: movie R.I.P. Robbie Will yums um, so true Okay, so let's... (laughs) Okay, so let's refocus. Let's refocus, get the group back together. pull it back in. Um, This week's topic, you have a little backstory for this. So,
1: um, short backstory, but basically I was listening to another podcast called Season of the Bitch, if
0: anyone's looking to listen to a different podcast. Donovan's famous song, Season of the Bitch.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) And... Uh, they were talking about the service industry and how dare they, first ha- of all, oh, sorry, that's I, what our... no one else can. And this woman was talking about her experience of, of working in service. I don't know her actual name, but her Twitter handle is at mumble sauce. So whatever. Um, and she was talking about, um, emotional labor and that, which is this, I did fully did not know this. Um, obviously I've heard that term cause I'm like on the internet and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that term was coined by a sociologist in a book called the managed heart. And it's specifically about, um, the labor that you do at work. Yeah. Which I was not really aware of. Yeah. Because it's been so co-opted by women talking about doing (laughs) chores.
0: Yeah. (laughs) by women talking about arranging their fucking house cleaners. (laughs) Yeah. To come over dumb bitches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, I guess based this episode around this article that discussing this, um, that is in the Atlantic, it's called the concept creep, which I also love that term, the concept creep of emotional labor. It's by Julie Beck. Um, and the woman, uh, Imagine mm-hmm. this: a woman sociologist. I mean, <laughs> if that's, I may, if you can suspend reality for a moment, um, Arlie Hochschild is the woman. Also, before we get too into it, uh, there's a lot of books. I think this woman has written. She's written a couple books, but all of the book titles sound like, um, like when you're watching like kind of like a a movie from like 1993, and somebody's an author. All of them sound like fake fucking like when yes. they're being interviewed yes. on TV, the managed heart, one of them was like, oh, fuck, it's like wings of trial or like, or like yeah, some kind, it's of, all, like self-help-y kind of like self-help. I feel like
1: they, they, they are sociological texts, but I think they want to be accessible to people. So all of these books
0: have these like very, um, they're
1: like in the realm of puns, but not yes, funny. No,
0: for sure. It's like such a specific marketing tool for yeah. these kind of books. I'm trying to like look through this article, right? I, I well, have I to think find it. A lot of people are probably familiar with. Oh, um, it's called the second shift.
1: Yeah. Nickeled and dimed yeah, on all not that getting stuff. by in America. Yeah. That's a very famous one.
0: Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I also found it interesting that emotional labor as a concept is about the workplace. That's, I'd never heard that before either.
1: No, I, I feel stupid because like, (laughs) it's like literally has the word labor in it. I'm, I am obsessed with labor. I'm thinking about it all the time. And like, but it's like, sometimes you, something is so context specific that you're like, okay, great. And there are just a million articles right now that are about emotional labor being in specifically relegated to the household. Right. Like somehow I never kind of. Yeah. Was able to like actually Mm. understand that, that term totally. So Hothschild, she basically outlines it and she points specifically to flight attendants. Yep. Saying like they're people who work in high stress environments um, and have to be consistently so positive, so nice, really save face, especially during the moments of stress. Yep, and that that is a a piece of their labor, and like. And then that applies to like nurses, servers, teachers, like that. Their part of their labor is managing their own emotion, right? So that they don't project negatively yep. to the people they're
0: serving. It's like managing your own emotions to manage other people's emotions. So it's like very. It's the concept is like pretty easy to understand, but is so kind of overwhelming to think about for me, I was like, Oh God, because then of course I, you know, you think about your own life and, and our jobs and what we do for a living. And I was like, dude, it, and it's hard to, and it's cool to have this concept to really put it in terms and think about it like that. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like finally there's a name for this. Totally. And it's been there all along. We just were using it incorrectly. Yes, totally.
1: So part of a huge part of this article is, um, which I thought was actually like very funny and, and like, it was a very charming way to be like, you're not using this term correctly. Yeah. Was that Mm -hmm. the author of the article, Julia Beck did, uh, like a rapid fire with the the author of the term emotional labor and was like, is that emotional labor? And like, almost categorically the things that are covered as emotional labor, she was like, uh, no. No. <laughs> and she was like, you can, it is labor. It's not like it's not work and it's not that it's not, it, it, it is labor, but like code it
0: that way. Right. Exactly. Say I'm doing more work around the house. Yes. Cause I am or whatever. Period. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's emotional. And then she was saying that, <clears throat> it's been like you said, co-opted because it's like now a gendered thing because women are quote more emotional. So it's like, that's emotional labor for us. Yeah.
1: And she was saying, which I thought was like a really important point and such a valuable point that she was like, if you feel alienated from the labor of like your family life, that speaks to a deeper problem and calling it emotional Mm -hmm. labor and saying, and even saying, okay, a mom and a dad are going to split it 50-50. That's not addressing the problem. Right. Because it's like, if you are feeling this like.
0: Dread. And like Yeah, right.
1: Towards the idea of like picking your kids up from school or whatever the fuck.
0: Then you've got shit going on. Then.
1: Yeah. That ain't right.
0: <laughs> it's not right. The modern family has, the nuclear family has been destroyed. It's not women. It's women, you know. It, the blame is on your shoulders. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. And I, and I think that we like don't talk about, I feel like conversations around, I hate to say women cause it's like, I feel like even saying that's outdated, but I just mean like uh, talking about our relationship in our workplace is not done as much anymore. Don't you think? Totally. Like, totally. I don't think we talk about work that much, at least, I don't know. It might be, I don't know really what I'm saying, but I think I just like, it's nice to hear us talk about like what we go through at work, which is like this whole podcast. But I like hearing about that stuff. And I like hearing about like what those relationships do to you personally. And like, I don't think we talk about it enough. Like the the personalities and the energy that we have to deal with in our line of work really take a toll And it is fucking, it's so much work.
1: Yeah, I think that even on this podcast, I think we talk around it so frequently and like what we're like circling around is talking about that labor. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice to just have like an incisive direct Mm -hmm. word because it, yeah, just you said like, it's very tiring and it's like, sometimes you'll get off a shift I mean, at least I will. And I'll be like, why am I so exhausted? And I'll realize it's because like there was something going on in my personal life or just, I just was tired. And it, and to, to show up with to every table and be like, hi, hi. Yeah. and like, cause y- you really do set the tone for people's yep. experience. And if you're happy and enthusiastic and joyful, then that's, the meal that they're going to have. Yeah. It's like water for chocolate. Um, (laughs) I don't get the reference.
0: It's a book about a woman who prepares food and whatever emotion she's feeling goes into the food and makes everybody feel that emotion. Very
1: sexy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen
0: it. It's a book, but also a movie. So
1: I've never even laid eyes on a copy of the book. That's very, very, very nineties. Never
0: seen the, um, bound, but that is, you know, um, Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, and you'll get in trouble if you don't manage your own emotions and you'll make less money and you'll make less money. So it's like imperative that you have this. And I was talking to my therapist today about all of this because starting a new job is stressful. And it's interesting because of what we do when you work in a restaurant and you've done this sort of job for a long time, you have this sort of like interpersonal shorthand for every person, right? So you say, you know, especially as a bartender, you say that's this guy's deal. He's going to order an old fashioned. That's his story, right? It's not may or may not be true, but that's what you sort of do to every single person. So you're already doing all of that, which is a lot mentally, and like you're yeah, just to like, read to every read, person, to read every person, take in what they're what they're giving you, put it back out, have a specific interaction with them, right? And then on top of that, you know, doing your job, making sure everything goes smoothly, and then you have the energy and emotion and relationships with chefs, with your managers, with your coworkers that are like very intense and you have to play off their ego and you, you know, and it's like a lot of work. Just that part is a lot of work. And so put that together and you are like constantly getting an equilibrium between these two things. And it's like, that's why even after a six hour shift, you're like, I'm fucking tapped. Like, I've been 45 different people this night, you know, and I've managed all of these fucking expectations. So yeah. And it, and like it doesn't, you know, it's not fucking steel work, but
1: yeah, but I think it's like, it's such a, I, yeah. And and it's not just saying that's this guy's deal, but it's like, that's this guy's deal. This is who he's with. That's their deal. So it's like, yeah, you're triangulating mm-hmm. constantly between like, The multiple people you're serving, the back of the house, the managers, and it, it just is a skill and a, it is work in a way that I think that when you're gifted at it, you make it look like it's not work. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and I think that's. sort of what people are speaking to. And and when people are like, well, I'm doing emotional labor at home. It's like, you want to make it look effortless and you want to be fully capable of talking to everyone and managing everything. And, and, and that's like, what's so difficult about that form of labor. Yeah. It's invisible in some ways. Right. Yeah. And the better you are at it, the The more more invisible. invisible. Right. And, and so I, I do understand the like, the need to have, I mean, you do need to have labels for the work that you do so that it feels valid. Absolutely. And so you can point to it and say, yeah, that was, that was real work. That was
0: hard. Right. Yeah.
1: And I think too, like in restaurants, I think something, when I first started in restaurants, like I picked it up really quickly and I immediately knew that I loved it and I loved the work and that I was good at it. But it was also something that I struggled with because I like, I feel like my whole life people were like, you're really smart. You're really creative. And I never had like an object that I could like be like, okay. And this is like the demonstrable product of that intelligence. Like I'm, I'm not a good student. And even though I am creative, I don't like do art things. I don't fabricate anything. And, and it was like kind of a struggle in the beginning because I was like, okay, so this is like one of the first things that I'm like truly good at. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a language to talk about it as like meaningful work. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was like a really hard thing. Totally. To be able to translate to people and be like, I'm good. I'm actually really good at this. Yes, totally.
0: I think that that's changing because I think there's like a, a bigger focus now on restaurants and there's like this, I mean, for better or for worse, certain status of, of this work is becoming more and more a thing. Less so with servers, Mm -hmm. servers, that is sort of this weird, tragic thing to me, not tragic, but it's like, (laughs) like you, it's fucking hard. It's hard and it's not, but like being a really good server is, such a fucking skill and, and it's never rewarded as in like, you don't get a profile in fucking in by magazine. You don't get, you know what I mean? So yeah, like I think starting to talk about this and like learning what skills you do have is, yeah, it's really important for like your own personal sense of worth. Totally. Yeah, totally. <sighs> I, uh, yeah. And I think, I think too, it's hard when you're like, like for me, I, I, sometimes feel like success in this field means I have less success in comedy. And I like really struggle with that because it's like, am I less of an artist if I'm a really good, if I can make a really good spreadsheet about a bar prep schedule, (laughs) like, am I losing something by gaining success? And it's, yeah. So it's like, because we haven't fully like really talked about this industry in these ways, like it is really confusing you know, yeah. can, you know, not to get too personal, but no, but I think it's like, I mean, I think it's something that everyone in this industry
1: struggles with at some point in one way or another, because it's like, because of the emotional labor, it's like when you invest emotionally in your work, which you want to do to make more money, Yeah, you, I, you, everyone has like a finite capacity. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so it's like, you invest so much in your work and it does feel, and you're like, okay, so like whatever it is, your personal life does take.
0: Yeah. A loss. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it's more just like finding a balance that yeah. works for you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's not me being like, and you're doomed to fail in one way or another. Thank you. That's been my entire <laughs> week. Thank you so much for really saying I'm the not truth. Saying no, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, it's all, it's, it is, it's the balance
0: is so hard to find because something always feels. Yeah. shorter. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think, not to get too meta, but I think this podcast has been so helpful to me because I get to use both of those skills for the first time in my life. And it's been really, really calming for me because I feel like I'm doing, I'm exercising both of those things at the same time, which I, you know, I make jokes with guests. I, I have an outgoing personality, so I do kind of, but like, this has been so, it's just been really incredible to be able to combine both. And it's like, just I think it's, it's just really special for me personally. And it seems like for you too, to like create something with all of this knowledge and experience Totally that you, that you normally only is invisible. So now it's visible. And like, that is really, um, I don't know. It's, it's worth a lot. I think. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think like, obviously I'm not a comedian, but I think working in restaurants all these years, like I've always known that there are so many facets to this work and that the work while it's not inherently political that it ha- like it touches so much of my politics personally. Yeah. yeah. And like being able to like tease those issues out individually and say like, okay, like we can talk about this labor, we can talk about this production, we can talk about alienation, we can talk about even like alcohol and be being yeah. able to like kind of really tease those things out and things that I knew were true, but then focusing on them and spending even like two or three hours a week, like researching and like kind of collecting my thoughts has been really helpful to me and instructive to me of saying like, yeah, like all of this is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like making it real. Yeah.
0: And keeping it real here (laughs) at FOA. (laughs) Um, Yeah, really illuminating and really, um, I want to like spread the fucking word that about emotional labor and like what it really fucking means. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was really like, I felt like a, I felt like a weight had been lifted almost, totally. you know, which is, which is what that, the power of that stuff.
1: Also encourage people to, to acknowledge that work that they do, even that they're not compensated for is labor. Yeah, You don't have to put it under this umbrella of emotional labor, just just you can
0: really call it work. Do your fucking dishes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like don't fucking cry about it. Don't fucking cry. <laughs> don't be a pussy.
1: No, but I'm like, if it, it like you can call it work and you can really label it as such. And it, and like, I mean, just what the Arlie. Yeah, was saying that she was, like, you should be able to find joy from these, like... Writing a Christmas card. Writing a Christmas card. But I think, like, both of us do, probably because of our work in restaurants, like, the home feels so sacred to me. Yeah. I think both of us do really enjoy... Like, it's still work to, like... Go grocery shopping and make food, and yeah, like it still work, But it's like I think both of us really like have a
0: sense of fulfillment
1: doing that. Absolutely,
0: work. yeah. And I wish that for other people too. Me too, yeah. It's like it's a bummer to me when that's not the case. And I feel tea.
1: sorry for them. Honestly. I mean, I do. No, I do. I do. I think it's like that is it. I, I mean, it is a hard thing when you feel alienated from your home life and you're just like I'm like running the paces but I'm not yeah and I can't imagine if I had a kid and I was looking at him thinking this albatross (laughs) around my neck
0: (laughs) oh my god the only the uh, the only scenario I can see myself with a child is if it were like 1982 Mm. I'm a single mom in like a um like a New England town oh. with like a beat up truck and I have a, a young son.
1: I feel like you're dressed for that today. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Um. But kind of just and I don't mean like a, a a city girl goes to the country scenario. I just mean more like um, like I've got like a storied past and then there's something in the town. You're a
1: worldly woman. I'm a
0: worldly woman. I've got kind of a tragic thing with this son and whoever the dad is and then there's something happening in the town and that's the only way I can see myself having kids. I
1: can see that for you and I can really see Um, I can see you being like yeah just very mysterious and like that men are always kind of like interested in you or or choosing to like care for you in certain like material ways Yeah, not like you're a sugar baby but like that a man will come by and be like Need me to take a look at the truck totally. or get like a leaky yeah. ceiling? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. But you're just like very like neutral to yeah, them, mm-hmm. but like that almost inspires more adoration for
0: sure. And there's always like a small town veterinarian or like some mm. sort of you know what I mean. Like yeah. there's always that kind of angle, right? Yeah. So and your son is gifted. <laughs> He's a gifted Supernaturally, child. Supernaturally, so... Oh! It's, I'm just kidding, no. Yeah, yeah,
1: whatever he wants. Whatever he wants, whatever he wants. No, gonna, I feel like he's gonna play Puck in the play. Like,
0: <laughs> full circle family tragedy. <laughs> he can't be in the theater. That's the one thing I forbid. Mysteriously, you forbid him for me. And he's like, why? You're like, make art with your
1: hands, Jacob. But he can't be in the theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the saddest tale it. ever told. I see it. Um. Anyways, how do we feel? Um,
1: I feel pretty good. Yeah, do I do. Want to do like a? Do we need to do a, a f- synopsis? I don't think so. Okay,
0: great. Um. I think we. Ta- I mean, unless you want to give more terms, but we should have probably done that in the beginning. Defined it a little more. But I think it's it's a it's a we got we. That author
1: is on Twitter. I didn't look her up on Twitter because on season of the bitch, they're like, sometimes she says weird stuff on Twitter. And I never like to find out that like feminist authors are like turfs or racist or like whatever. Like, I'm like, let me just like, yeah. Take
0: in the concepts I want. And And then then, like, I don't need to look it
1: up. So, Um, but you
0: could look her up on Twitter if you're like fine with that. Yeah. Oh, let's do some housekeeping stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we want to shout out a couple new patrons. We've got Pam, Pam, Sarah. Emily. Emma. 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 Maybe her name is Emily originally, but I think she prefers Emma, so. Emma. Emma. And we, thank you all so much. Emily's the one who came to the show. Correct. We also have a new, we have another, you're right. We've had an Emma and an Emily. Right. And we welcome them both with open arms. And we love you. And we love you unconditionally. Whatever mistakes you may make day to day, we will take them and, oh. you know, accept them. We, we welcome you with open arms, as you said, Pam and Sarah feel free to fail. You know what I mean? Like yes. whatever, what, no you, bad ideas, no bad ideas. You guys, all of you, just mm-hmm. you specifically the four of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> For sure. And then, um, if you are in the New England area, we encourage you to buy tickets ahead of time for our Boston show at um, the Groove Lounge in the Hojoko Mm -hmm. uh, in the Verb Hotel. It's an Easter egg. It's a Russian doll. Um, But it's going to be so fun. And buy tickets ahead of time so you can, uh, you know. Brag about it. Brag. (laughs) go to any Tom, Dick, and Harry <laughs> out on the corner of the streets of Boston. Looky here. Look what I got here. here. You, yes, scalp them if you want. Oh, yes. Any, calling her. all scalpers. We're going to be in Boston. Um, and I think that's it, right? Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to be on uh, someone else's podcast. Yeah, I guess. That's we're going to be guest on Life's a Banquet, probably by the time this comes out it'll be out also i think so um so life's a banquet a it's really on fun the heritage podcast radio network heritage uh, yeah so we're gonna so who knows we haven't recorded it yet so we might be terrible yeah we're what?
1: recording it this afternoon so if we don't release any further details about it don't, don't look it up no
0: <laughs> don't investigate we'll be bad guests um okay well i think that's it yeah yeah, thank you all so much. Please uh, continue to review, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. Help us get those frickin' numbers up, kid. Woo-hoo! Um, We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Love ya. Bye!